Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to look at episode four of the book, The Days of Noah from Martin DeHaan's broadcast. It is titled The Age of Speed. I hope you're enjoying this. I hope it is teaching you and it is my goal that as we go through this, we learn and we truly see what we're looking at coming in the days ahead. Let's get to it. To the question of the disciples concerning the signs of his coming again and the end of the age, Jesus replied, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Luke 17, 26 and 27. Jesus says, in essence, when the days of Noah before the flood are repeated, then you may know my coming is near. All we need to do, therefore, is acquaint ourselves with the brief record of these pre-flood days in Genesis 4, 5, and 6. We begin the study of the first of these four chapters by pointing out that the days of Noah were characterized by a conflict between apostasy and faith. The first two boys born into the world were at odds with one another. Cain was religious, up-to-date, modernist, who rejected the blood of God's lamb. Abel was a fundamentalist who had faith in God's plan of salvation laid down in Genesis 3.21. The same conflict, always present in a measure since then, is today coming to a climax with the tremendous movement of a religious society to join all faiths, so-called, into one great world church by compromises on the great fundamentals of salvation, such as the infallible inspiration of the scriptures, the supernatural conception and virgin birth of Christ, his eternal deity, his substitutionary death, redemption by blood, his bodily resurrection, and his literal coming again. Our modernist friends are so gracious to say, it is all right if you want to believe in all this, but it makes no difference in whether you do or don't. It doesn't matter. At the same time, there is a separation going on from this apostate compromising system and a calling out of a small company to a place without the camp with the Christ of the scriptures. All this is plainly seen in the story of Cain and Abel and one of the things to which Jesus referred when he speaks of the days before the flood. We come now to a second highly significant sign of the last days found in Genesis 4. In this chapter, we have the first mention of travel. Cain became the first world traveler. After he had murdered his brother Abel, he left his homeland and became a wanderer in the earth. We read in the record, and Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden, Genesis 4:16. The land of Nod means literally the land of wandering. It implies a traveling from place to place. Tradition relates that Cain went out to India and China and other remote lands. This comes from the International Bible Encyclopedia. This may be only conjecture, but the general interpretation is that Cain traveled some distance from home. It suggests a relentless uneasiness and a desire to explore and investigate. Since this is the first mention of wandering from place to place in the Bible, it gathers real significance in the light of Jesus' words. As it was in the days before the flood, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Remember, this was before the flood and therefore was certainly included in Jesus' words as a sign of his coming. With this, the prophet Daniel was in agreement when speaking of the end time. The Lord revealed to him the course of the age, the times of the Gentiles, and then what would happen in the end time. 
It relates prophetically the time of tribulation with which this age will end, the rise of the Antichrist, and then the glorious coming of the King of Kings, when the stone cut without hands smites the image of Gentile world dominion and grinds it to powder, while the crushing stone itself becomes great mountain. The interpretation is clear, for Daniel sees the coming of the Lord in glory and says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Daniel seven thirteen and 14. Daniel understood that the prophecies he saw had to do with the latter days and the coming of Messiah, but again was not permitted to know the exact time. This was to remain a secret until his prophecies should come to pass. Only today, therefore, are we able to understand the things Daniel inquired about. Until recently, we could not know the meaning of much in the book of Daniel. In chapter 12, Daniel is commanded to seal his prophecies. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Daniel 12.4 this last phrase, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased, is most significant in the light of the 20th century. Two signs of the time of the end or the last days are given. These two signs could not be understood until just recently within the lifetime of most of us. Today, however, it is perfectly clear what is meant by the phrase describing the last days. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Two things are mentioned as characterizing the end time just preceding the setting up of the kingdom on earth. It will be an age of speed, travel, and education. Comment seems almost superfluous here, yet the passage has been overlooked by many. Some of us have witnessed a change from the horse and buggy to the jet age and space travel. When I began practicing medicine, it was with horse and buggy over gravel and dirt roads. Within the span of one lifetime, the horse and buggy as a means of transportation has become obsolete. During this brief time, we have witnessed the coming of the automobile, the airplane, then the jets traveling faster than the speed of sound, and now rocket and spaceships orbiting the Earth at many times the speed of Earth's rotation upon its own axis. Out in space, traveling at incredible speeds, there are satellites and interplanetary missiles. And placing men on the moon within a few years is the proposed ambitious program of the scientists. Man has suddenly become a traveler. In my childhood days, most of us seldom traveled more than a few miles from home, whether on foot, by horse, or by train. Anyone who had traveled abroad was in the upper strata. People who went to Florida for pleasure were the envy of all. Today, all this has changed. With the advent of the automobile, we travel on a weekend farther from home than our fathers did in a lifetime. Thousands upon thousands commute back and forth across the Atlantic and Pacific in a few hours. Surely this is the age of travel, which began with Cain in the days before the flood, when he became the first wanderer in the land of Nod. And Jesus said, As it was, so shall it be once again. Surely no one can fail to see the meaning of Daniel's words. Many shall run to and fro, as indicating the last days. The second sign given in this verse in Daniel is, Knowledge shall be increased. This may mean that just before the return of Christ, the words of Daniel, which had remained shut up and sealed, would be opened up. It may mean that new light on the second coming truth would characterize the time just before the return of Jesus. 
However, we believe it has a wider meaning as applied to the tremendous development in the realm of education, scientific discoveries, and public information. In every realm of human experience, the arts, the sciences, in culture, and in the natural phenomena, greater advancement has been made in the past 50 years than during all previous recorded human history. The dissemination of knowledge and information has revolutionized society. As a result of the amazing discoveries of modern means of communication, knowledge in general has not only increased, but personal knowledge has been made available to all. Think of the relatively recent inventions and discoveries. The telephone, automatic printing presses, the radio, television, and available literature for everyone. Illiteracy has virtually disappeared in the progressive countries. Fifty years ago, a grade school education placed one above the level of the average. A high school education was a special privilege, and a college education was only for that favored few who planned to enter the professions, the arts, and the sciences. All this is different today. As a result of the modern media of communication, education has become not only a privilege, but a practical necessity. How significant the words knowledge shall be increased. This increase in knowledge reaches into every facet of human education, biology, physiology, medicine, surgery, chemistry, physics, literature, agriculture, electronics, astronomy, and meteorology. And now to cap it all, man has reached the climax of increase in knowledge when he tapped the secret of the universe, the discovery of atomic energy by nuclear fission. Scientists tell us that the discovery of atomic energy is the final answer to the secret of matter. To the average layman, even though educated, all this seems fantastic and almost supernatural. But Daniel predicted it all when he said that in the last days, many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. So rapid has this increase of knowledge been that today we find our facilities for routine education wholly inadequate. Schools and colleges are being built at top speed. Billions are appropriated to build institutions of learning. A large percentage of our tax dollar is embarked for schools, and yet there are thousands who cannot be accommodated for lack of facilities. Our colleges today are jammed to their capacity, and still thousands must be denied admittance. Truly, this is the age of travel and education. One stands in reverence and awe before the word of God, which described 2,500 years ago the very conditions which would prevail in these days in which we are living. To the enlightened Bible student, this increase in travel and education spells just one thing. The coming of the Lord is at hand. But while the natural man increases in his knowledge of wisdom of this world, he is becoming more deeply ignorant of the true wisdom of the Creator. It is a strange thing that the more man learns about the wonders of creation, the less attention he gives to the Creator. With all the increase in knowledge and opportunity to learn, man will not recognize God as the author and creator. Only a comparative minority are increasing in true wisdom and knowledge of God. Most men are far more interested in knowing what man is doing than in studying the book which tells what God is doing. As human wisdom increases and becomes the center of man's interest, the study of the word of God decreases and has reached an all-time low. Notice how this is clearly stated in the verses which follow in Daniel 12. After saying that in the last days many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased, the prophet continues. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Daniel 12.10 Two classes of people in the last days, the wise and the wicked. 
In the light of the imminent coming of Christ and impending judgment, God's people will purify themselves and separate themselves from the religious program of the world and take the unpopular place outside the camp. This is the meaning of the phrase, many shall be purified and made white and tried. But while God's people heed the signs of the times and prepare to meet the Lord, the world will drown itself in greater wickedness. Daniel says that the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand. While Christians recognize the signs of coming judgment, the world will rush headlong into a godless disregard for the warnings of impending doom by the very inventions of man's knowledge. While those who will not compromise the gospel, but stand for the faith once for all delivered to the saints, are crying, How long, O Lord, how long? The world will become worse and worse until it is brought to the climatic end of the coming of Christ. This age will not result in the world turning to Christ. Man's knowledge will not solve the problem of war and violence. Man's increase in knowledge will not bring in a worldwide revival. But apostasy will prevail till the king steps down from heaven to end man's program of self-destruction by the inventions of his own wisdom. And this is in harmony with the words of Jesus when he said, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. Luke 17:26. Before the flood, the great majority of people continued in their wickedness, in the very shadow of judgment, while only a little handful, Noah's family, were ready for the flood and were saved. How graphically it is stated by Jesus, the days of Noah are described in these words. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all, Luke 17, 27. Noah and his family were safe because they believed God's warning. There are the same two groups today and you belong to either the one or the other. Are you among those who ignore the warnings of God and the signs of the times? Or are you one of those who are wise and understand and are prepared to meet the Lord by believing God's word, repenting of your sin, and receiving the Lord Jesus Christ, the coming King? The only hope for you in the coming crisis is to belong to those who were represented by the family of Noah before the flood. You can settle it now by doing what Noah did. Believe the word of God. The author of Hebrews says, By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Hebrews 11.7 Hey guys, I hope that this helps you. I hope it has benefited you. One of the amazing things as I read this, you would think that Dahan has written it yesterday. It is amazing how we have increased in travel, increased in knowledge, increased in ungodliness, immorality, and wickedness. Hey guys, I hope that this has helped you. If it has, please like, share, subscribe, follow. Share it with someone that you think might enjoy it. Until next week, God bless.